once again to the Party of One podcast, the actual play RPG podcast where the gaming table is always set for two. I'm your host as always, Jeff Stormer, and this week on the show, I am joined by Randy Lubin for a game of Working the Case. Working the Case is a super quick collaborative mystery game. Players take on the role of investigators uncovering evidence, understanding the suspects, and discovering the culprit of a crime, a mystery. It captures that really cool, fun, whodunit vibe. Uh, I love the way that it sort of peels back mysteries one by one. You sort of piece together which which pieces are red herrings and who the true culprit is. It's like really cool and satisfying, and we told a really like wonderful, satisfying story in not very much time at all. I think the final episode length is like 45 minutes with intro and outro. It is uh, such a blast. I love it. It's really, really fun. You should check it out. The game is currently available in draft form, playable uh, via playingcards.io. For more information, you can head to Randy's website. That's diegeticgames.com slash working the case, or you can head to the show notes for more information. Randy is an inspiration for one thing, but uh, more specifically, Randy is a game designer and a developer of games and systems and uh, he is a game designer at Diegetic Games. You can find his work there. You can also check out the work that he has done developing uh, StorySynth, which is an online games platform that was originally developed to facilitate and run prompt-based world-building games, a la For the Queen, but has grown and uh, evolved into this really exciting and cool space for playing story games online and sort of like playing these sort of generative uh, storytelling games via the internet. It is, I am blown away by StorySynth as a platform. It has done so much cool things and seeing it grow and evolve into what it is now is like astoundingly cool, right? Like the way that it is, it is creator friendly. It is easy to build games in it the way that it facilitates and has options that allow for creators to get paid for their work. It is, um, it's all this, it's all built via Google docs and sheets. So it's very easy for creators to manage. And like, it creates these really seamless and fun play experiences that can do a lot of neat and interesting and wild and weird and cool things. Like, Anyone can wear the mask is likely to be on there at some point because it does almost all of the things that you would need for an anyone can wear the mask game. I love StorySynth. I think it is unbelievably cool. And you should check that out at StorySynth.org. A link to that is also in the show notes. And with all that said, let's go ahead and throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. This week, I am so, so excited to be sitting down with my friend Randy Lubin. Randy, thank you so much for coming on Party of One. Jeff, it's great to be on the show. I am so excited to have you on the show. Uh, this is going to be a wonderful game. I am really excited. And why don't you take a moment right at the top to let our lovely listeners at home know about what you've got going on you might want them to know about, as well as what we are playing this week. Thanks. Yeah, today we are going to be playing Working the Case. It's a it's a working title at the moment, but we're going to be telling a uh, murder mystery story where we play as the investigators, uh, narrowing down a list of suspects and doing a little bit of world building as we figure out uh, who the culprit was and if they're brought to justice. Uh, and uh, this is part of a broader system that'll end up being SRD that anyone can hack and remix. So uh, stay tuned. If you like this and then you're inspired to make your own murder mysteries or other similar format games, uh, there will be news of that sometime in the future. Uh, beyond that, uh, yeah, my name is Randy Lubin. I'm a game designer. Uh, I make uh, serious games to help organizations explore the future and fun and silly world building games. You can find all my work at diegeticgames.com. I also am the designer behind StorySynth, which is a uh, free and open source website that lets you very 
easily uh, enter prompts into a Google Sheet and have that auto-compile into a game that you can play in real time with friends uh, in your browser. Uh, games in a variety of formats, but inspired by uh, other games such as For the Queen, The Quiet Year, uh, and there's a bunch of other formats as well. So you can find that at storysynth.org. Storysynth is so sick. Like, for real? Like, just to, just taking a moment to acknowledge when a thing is absolutely fucking mind-blowing and, and world-changing Storysynth is, like, next level incredible oh thanks like, Jeff. like it needs to be stated outright that like it is it is one of those things that when i go in and i play around with it i'm like oh this is what this is what playing games online can feel like oh suddenly everything makes sense and hopefully not just playing games but designing games my goal with it is to like just take all the friction out of going from idea to it first playable prototype and to, to really just make it be about like coming up with quick prompts and getting them in there and then being able to play and see what works it's sick. It's so it's so it's so incredible. Uh, so I am excited to work the case today. Uh, I am. I don't know if I don't know if this is. Uh, I feel like this is probably known that I am an absolute goddamn sucker for detective fiction. But uh, I'm excited to flex my Columbo muscles today and build out a little bit of a build out a build out a case and works at work out some suspects. So why don't we go ahead and dive right in and let and talk talk us through how we're getting started today. Wonderful. And um, and we're playing this uh, today via playingcards.io. And there's actually a, a free demo version of this game uh, available so that uh, and with instructions of how to load it into playingcards.io for anyone who wants to play along. My guess is there'll be a link in the show notes or, mm-hmm, or elsewhere mm-hmm, online. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but because of that, there's a, a bit of a graphic element to it uh, in how we play. And I'll try and call it out as we play so that listeners can get a sense of what we're doing. Um, so uh, real quickly, uh, overarching what we're going to do, we're going to quickly set, talk about the setting, we're going to figure out who the victim is, and then introduce five suspects. And over the course of the game, what we're going to do is take turns playing evidence cards that tie to either the motive, means, opportunity, or some other secret that the uh, suspects have as we as investigators slowly close in on who the culprit was. And as we go, we'll also be eliminating some of those suspects um, as, uh, as the potential culprit. And uh, so we're going to do a little bit of setup, and then we're going to get into that core loop of, of playing evidence cards. Uh, the uh, there are, I've already designed a few variants of working the case. We're going to be playing the space station version today. And so before we discover who the victim is, uh, we need to decide what type of space station are we talking about. Is this um, is this a, like, pleasure space station that's like a huge resort kind of thing that people mm. fly up to? Is it a, like, almost derelict research base that's chronically underfunded way out at the fringe or is it something completely different you have any ideas anything you're excited about so space resort is immediately interesting to me and fun to me i've played a lot of games i've played a lot of games like working in space recently and the idea of like a like playing in space is like a fun a fun area to play with and b the thematically the thing that I want to pull on a little bit and that I'm like I I'm that I, I'm interested in chewing on is I, I mentioned working my Columbo muscles. I like the idea of I like the idea of antagonizing of like antagonistic rich assholes is the only way that I can really meaningfully totally. describe it. But and so like a space resort for for the wealthy and elite where things are going wrong and where like we are going to unravel those things is very appealing to me. Excellent. I absolutely love it. Let's uh let's just dig in right there then. So we have a, a rough sense of our setting um and uh let's discover who our victim is. Let's just jump right to it. So I'm going to randomly draw a victim card. 
and uh, our victim is a scientist of some sort. So I guess the first question, is the scientist here on vacation or are they permanently based on the station? I think immediately when I see the card, my thought is that they are working on the station, that for that whatever that they are, that they are specifically like employed by the station. And so maybe pulling on that thread a little bit. What if they are thinking thinking Jurassic Park? Like, what if they are one of the scientists that are in charge of, like, making the amenities that make the space resort work? Totally. There's probably some, like, super advanced, like, VR simulation-y hub stuff and some, like, wild animatronic immersive theater things and so yeah some kind of scientist who's doing cutting cutting edge like disney imagineering style yeah yeah um, imagineer is a good way to put it that idea of like we are we are making the thing that makes Westworld Westworld. <laughs> perfect okay with that decided uh let's just describe the crime scene really quickly let's so we need to know what was the location what was the state of the victim's body like are there any suspicious markings or anything um and is there a potential murder weapon present we should not be definitive so these are just some some things to point the investigation in the right direction but not necessarily to close off you know there, there could easily be red herrings or coincidences at this point so maybe we can you can each introduce one or two um if you want to start i'm gonna throw out in terms of like a location because because of all the things that we've been that we've been that we've been sort of throwing out there the visual that i get is is that this body was found in a theme park like display like uh-huh. um like a like out like out in the open not like in an office or in a back room like was 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 found like you know the 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 like water fountain the like um like the water fountain platform thing where it's like the flat surface that the water spurts out of totally i think it's one of those and there are like displays around it and that's kind of where like the body was somebody stumbled onto the body on this large like water fountain exhibit thing yeah, I think that makes uh, I think that makes a ton of sense, and um, I think whoever first stumbled upon it thought it was like the trailhead to like a ARG experience. Oh, that's good. Yeah, and then then turned that, that that like amusement turned to horror when they realized like, oh no, no, this isn't just good production values. There, there's been a murder. Um, okay, cool. I'll add to that, and I'll say um, it looks like there was a like massive like massive trauma to part of the torso by like a massive like compressing force mm. um like which easily could have been like an animatronic machine or something mm-hmm. uh anything else you want to add um there is no signs of a struggle nearby like it is it is it is curiously pristine apart from apart from this body being here Perfect. Okay, I think that's all the details we need to get going. Um, oh, the final thing to, to decide before we introduce our suspects is to define who we are as investigators. So we could be anything from like members of the community, uh, insurance adjusters, uh, pretty, pretty much you name it. We could be in the employ of the um, company that employs the scientist. Uh, do you have anything that, that draws you in? Um, the first thing that jumps, so, so the one thing that, that pushes that, like, I want to draw the line in the sand is I don't want to be a cop. Great. And I'm trying to think, like, what would be the most fun, like, not cop person to investigate this murder would be? You mentioned other scientists and that, like, real, that, that idea really appeals to me because that presents the really juicy narrative possibility that, like, 
no one is officially really looking into this, or if they are, it's there's such red tape that, like, like, that the system has actively written this off and that we are, we are simply people that need to get the answers. Totally. So these, these are, like, like, maybe, maybe I'll say this as, like, we were, like, colleagues slash past classmates of the, uh, yeah. of the victim. And, uh, and maybe we came onto the station from, uh, from nearby. So we were not, like, none of us could possibly be suspects. We were all, like, off station when this happened. Yeah, And yeah, we yeah. rushed to try and figure it out, get some justice. I love that. I love that. All right, cool. So, uh, oh, and the other thing I'll throw out is that, um, in general, the focus of play is going to be on the investigation, not us as investigators. Right. But we can totally ham it up and get into it if we want. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... Uh, I'm going to hit the button now that deals out all the suspects. And uh, each suspect is going to be a um, combination of the uh, character archetype and the connection they have to the victim. And so I just dealt these out. Uh, and each pair of like character and connection is on its own row. And uh, let's just read them aloud real quick. So we have a professor who is the rival to the scientist. We have a mercenary employee, so which is great. A uh, botanist who is the mentor to the scientist. We have an engineer who is a relative to the scientist. And there's a criminal who is the romantic partner or was the romantic partner of the scientist. Some juicy. This is this is great because these are already juicy suspects. And they just they imply so much about what the scientist has been up to. Yeah. So um, one thing and we have a choice. My recommendation is that we just refer to these suspects by their character sort of archetype as opposed to coming up with names. It's sure. enough. It's enough different characters that I think that's the easiest. And yeah, uh, we could just use they them pronouns to refer to everyone. That makes Keeps sense. Yeah. Simple. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. OK, so we have some suspects and uh, and now we're ready to head into the core part of the game. So, uh, Jeff, what I'm going to ask you to do is draw five uh, evidence cards into your hand. All right. Done. All right. And so for uh, the folks listening in, these evidence cards all fall into the categories of either motives, means, opportunity, or secret. All of the characters have secrets, even if they're not tied to the murder itself. And uh, and so on your turn, what you're going to do is pick one of these cards and play it onto a character. Uh, and there's there's slots to the right of the, the character. and um, And say, when you play it, say how we as the investigators found that piece of evidence and give it a little bit of juicy detail. So, um, you know, what, what, what mm -hmm. are the, what is it that makes this so either so damning as evidence or so interesting? Um, and so a couple other key nuances, everybody must get one, every character must get one bit of evidence before anybody gets two. Um, and you can't give anybody two of the same type. So once somebody has a motive, they won't get a second motive. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, are you inspired to go first? Otherwise, yeah, I, can, I have I can... one immediately that it's super standing out to me. Great. Um, our so the professor was a rival to the science. So the two the two threads that I'm going to tie together here that stand out to me is that the scientist's mentor was a botanist, which tells me that the scientist was probably working in a similar field in the, sort of the biology of the resort was working was like engineering you know, the life and, like, the, the bioforms that were making up the, the luxuries of the park. And we have this professor who is a rival, and so I'm going to drop means of the professor as an AI assistant and say that this professor was, given that they are a professor and not necessarily a scientist, I think they were, like, a department head. 
and they were the head of the department that was like overseeing the development of the AI assistant that was like serving the needs of the park and of the resort. And therefore, like, it would be very easy for them to program out something to happen mechanically that would keep their hands free and would and would look like just a brutal accident happened to the scientist. Ooh, perfect. Uh, how did we discover this? I think that we discover this by, as we are investigating, as we are, like, investigating their sort of what immediately occurred... There are a series of unusual, like, uh, unusual interactions with the AI assistant that the scientist had encountered. And, like, maybe that, 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 that chest injury was the result, was, like, the result of, like, a door slamming on them or, like, a robot arm striking them. And it was done in such a way that, like, it was following through on an AI command, but, like, it doesn't quite uh, nothing quite adds up about it and it just it it points to it points to something being fishy about the AI and that kind of points us towards this department head as the person overseeing this larger this larger department managing sort of the AI prompts and programming totally makes sense there's supposed to be safeguards for this so uh that that sounds spot on and uh, now that you've played a card you can draw up another card so you always have right. five cards in your hand um all right I am going to, um, I think this is a, a pretty pretty easy and natural one. I'm going to say that the mercenary had obligations nearby, and that was their opportunity. Mm. So I think we're we're just starting to get a sense of who was in the area uh, around this, this fountain area where the body was left. And uh, the mercenary is an, an, an interesting character. They're quite a bit older, but they're in a very junior role uh, in the in the organization. They've, they've set their mercenary ways aside. And uh, decided to, you know, sort of work their way up and get some experience in uh, designing these uh, really cool uh, leisure experiences uh, here at the the um, vacation station. And um, and so uh, at around roughly around the time of, of death, or at least you know before, just before the body was discovered, the the mercenary was kind of going around and checking on. Just like doing the the somewhat routine, okay, let's just check and make sure all of the like prototypes are still functional so that when we do some of our like, you know, playtest equivalent experiences um, in, in, you know, for some of the new technology that we're starting to roll out across the station, uh, we can make sure it works. So so the mercenary had a, a reason to be very close to, to where the body was found around that time. I love it. I love it. So my next card, I think as we are... As we are, like, investigating the scientist's, like, workstation, right? Like, we're kind of investigating, you know, what was going on, where they where they were, and retracing their steps. We find evidence of... We find, like, evidence of communications between them and their, their partner that suggests that, like, they had lunch plans, right? Like, they had, they had, they... You know, over the over the the days prior and the weeks prior, like they've met for lunch, they've met for they've met for dinners, like they're partners, they're in a romantic relationship. But what stands out is that is that in those communications, um, it's clear that like some of the in almost in a like thrown away kind of way that the scientists had provided their partner with personal access codes, and I'm putting that on their opportunity. Yeah, and I think pers- giving personal access codes is a, like a deep, deeply intimate thing. Like this yeah. is. Indica- indicative of the, at least the scientists felt that there's, this is a very serious relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it. Um, all right, let's see. I'm going to 
say that the um ah okay so i think we are we're starting now also to sort of just you know in, as investigators we're kind of informally canvassing folks who may have encountered the scientist uh on their like last day or two and uh we discovered that um they had had this massive like absolute blowout fight with their old mentor the botanist mm. and um the details of of exactly why seem to be a little bit unclear um but i think their their mentor uh really was you know some some of it at least tied to be tied to the botanist hoping that the the scientist would put their skills and all their creativity toward something that was um more directly benefiting the world or advancing human knowledge than than working on this sort of pleasure station so it might have been that that seems like an argument as as we talk around that they had had a couple times before Mm -hmm. but for whatever reason, a reason that we haven't figured out yet, perhaps, that this was a particularly big blowout that, you know, happened um, in an atrium that, like, a bunch of people saw, and uh, and and they the two of them, the scientist and the botanist, just really got into it, sort of forgetting that they were in a somewhat public place, um, and... Uh, and and so so something clearly had had gone on there, and um, it's probably worth us digging into further. And I think that like we've done a fair amount of digging to find all of our clues so far, right? Like we've been we've been piecing things together, and I think our next clue kind of uh, like ironically slaps us in the face a little bit because like as we are digging like a big video announcement by the people that run the the resort, the vacation station. Which is a phrase that you dropped out that I think is the proper name of the resort that we're on, because Vacation Station is very funny. Um, it's They do, like, a big video announcement of, like, they are, they are announcing the, the big successful rollout of invisibility tech. And specifically, like, it has been engineered by one of the, by one of the station's top engineers, and it is going to be used to like fully to create to make the park even more immersive and make the va- make vacation station even more immersive by like rendering invisible so that like when you're in the fantasy space everything you're seeing is in the fantasy space so that like you know mechanics can be fully invisible repairing rides and you know like the the cleaning staff are fully invisible and it is uh, a little bit horrific. The I this I the like yeah. this I this, this a little dehumanizing. A little bit more, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But like, I think as we're watching this video announcement, like, um, it, it clicks like the that 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 the click, uh, the it clicks in our head. Hey, isn't that the scientist's relative that was like the the head engineer on this invisibility tech? Yeah, totally. And, uh, and, you know, obviously one of the first things we did after the merger was like try and review the cameras. And, um, yeah, I think there's, you know, the camera coverage in the station isn't amazing. Um, and, you know, there, you know, maybe someone could have gone through the gaps, but they easily, if they were using invisibility tech, could have just gone, you know, straight yeah. through quick and easy path. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. All right. So we have made our first pass through. Every character now has one bit of evidence against them, which means it is time for us to uh, eliminate one suspect. So I'm going to randomly flip over one of the uh, innocence and guilt uh, chips, and we're going to see which one's eliminated, and then we're going to have to figure out why. Okay. Or how. All right. So it is the uh, professor. It is. So we know that the professor uh, is innocent. And um, uh, do you want to take this? Do you, do you have any ideas? Otherwise, I can come up with one. We can talk it through. Hmm. I don't know. Do you have thoughts? Let's see. So 
We know they're the rival, uh, and we know they had this access via the AI assistant. Hmm. I'm going to say maybe maybe what we find... Uh, so I think what we do is we immediately reach out to some of our own uh, academic colleagues who happen to also have access to the AI assistant. Mm-hmm. And we, we ask them to both go through the logs and see if any of the um, safety code has been overwritten. Because again, like if, you know, if, if the professor was using the AI assistant tech to, um, to kill the, the scientist, they were, there were like multiple safeguards that would have to be overwritten. And so we get some of our friends to do like a quick, quick audit of the code and the change logs. And um, they see... Not only no evidence of tampering, but they also see that the professor had been like busy altering some other part of the code at the time. They were just like deep in a like really focused work session with a few other um, with a few other academics who were, you know, can corroborate that the professor was like busy during this time. Yeah, I love that. I absolutely love that. Cool. Okay, so uh, we're ready to move on to the next round. And so this is how the the rest of the game will play out. Yeah. so, so again, now everyone will have to get a second bit of evidence before we move on to um, the the next round, and uh, no more playing evidence cards on the professor. Got it. All right. Uh, over to you. All right. I am... So, I think as we are... As we are doing our investigation, um, and probably as we're watching that video announcement, we see somebody on camera that, like, like in the crowd, right? Because they're doing this in that sort of, uh, they're doing this, they're, they're rolling out the invisibility tech in this sort of Apple iPod, you know, Google announcement of like, oh, we're rolling out this new piece of tech. Here's our CEO standing in a circle of people who are going to ooh and ah and clap. And I think somebody catches our eye, right? Somebody catches, somebody catches our eye. And it is their their partner, the scientist partner, this criminal. They have an assistant. They have a fixer. They have a person that handles things. And like they're not affiliated with the the, the station at all. But they are very like they are there. And it was kind of a blink if you blink and you'd miss it thing of them seeing them in the crowd and going like, why are they? Why would they be here? Why would they be here for their partners? Their partner, their partners, ex-partners, siblings, big rollout for a company that they're not associated with. Why is this person here and just smiling and clapping alongside everyone else? Definitely something strange is up. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's see. I'm going to. Oh, and I should say I put that I put assistant under the criminals uh, means for the audience at home. Yes. All right. I'm going to say that um i'm gonna put down i'm gonna reveal a secret for the um for the mercenary employee so uh i want to say as we're as we're continuing to dig into things one of our uh one of our like group of colleague investigators uh ends up ends up using a little bit of a hack to to look at some of how the finance streams were were flowing Mm -hmm. around and uh discovers that the the mercenary employee has a somewhat a very substantial like illicit income stream being you know sent via some some weird um set of proxies but still making its way into their their accounts and um this is like this isn't payout for past work it's way too big for that it's not like a a pension from their mercenary time or anything and it is a it is a very it is a somewhat steady stream and then the night of the uh scientist's murder huge boost like 10x more of any Mm. any past payout 
Um, so so we're, we're not sure, like there's too many proxies and, and cryptography for us to figure out who sent this, but something very strange is happening here. Yeah, for sure. And I think the other, the, 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 the next, as, as, as your investigator is going and pulling up like financial records, I think mine is like hanging around, hanging around the scientist's workstation. Cause something like, isn't some, I've got a hunch and something's not clicking until I finally like look at the various, like. I picture they have a cubicle. I picture they have like a very office space cubicle and it's got clip news clippings along the walls of the cubicle. And like one of them stands out to me. It's like a framed newspaper of one of their big like bio organic, you know, they 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 engineer they retro engineered like an earth plant that could thrive on the station and on much smaller and like on the corner of this newspaper is you know, uh, is like a light is like a piece of light is like an announcement of a piece of light refraction tech, like an early predecessor of this invisibility tech by their relative. And like, as I stare at that for a long time, like it really kind of clicks and I'm putting a motive card onto the relative. Like they, like they have been, as I, as I look at this, I think back on all of the times that they have interacted. And I imagine a great deal of jealousy, probably like, probably festered there because this is not the first time that like our scientists did something that vastly overshadowed their relative and like this there feels like there's jealousy at play there oh yeah they've just constantly been in the shadow yeah um that totally um well on on the subject of uh motive um i think we hold on actually we've already i take that back never mind we already have given them two so we have to give something on the botanist let's see all right, I'm going to, this sort of builds on the, the blow up they had earlier. I'm going to add an opportunity. And uh, I'm going to say that as we're sort of working our way through the scientists' communication logs, we find a, a message to the botanist that was dated um, after, uh, after their big fight saying, um, it was somewhat cryptically, like, we can't keep fighting like this. This needs to stop. Uh, and then uh, a, like, geopointer toward... A, a the a, an experimental like new tech development area right next to where the scientist's body was found but behind locked doors with uh an access code to just sort of get through those doors and meet them there uh just an hour prior to uh that when the body was discovered i love it so now we are going to pull our next uh innocence ship yep and uh we'll find out who what suspect is removed from uh from the investigation five it is not the romantic partner that is i i was i was willing that into the universe because i know exactly <laughs> how this gets cleared and so i was like i was begging for five to get drawn and so i'm glad that i was able to to, to power that into existence i think how that gets cleared because the big like lingering question here right is what is the what was the assistant doing here why would the scientist's partner have their assistant, their fixer, their like problem solver poking around the station. And I think that our answer comes when the assistant comes to confront us. And like, like you said, we're not really like suspects in this. Like we've been, we, we, we like, but it's become apparent at this point that we've been poking around. And I think that the, like the, the assistant comes to us to see, like, to see, and, they, like, when they come to us, they come to us with the question of, like, what have you found? 
and it becomes apparent that the reason the assistant is on the scene is because the criminal's romantic partner was found dead and they're trying to get to the bottom of it. Yeah, they're aggressively pursuing this case. They share all of what they've found with us so far. And um, yeah, it, it's it's really clear they're deeply affected. And I like that, especially because as we go into the next round, it opens up the possibility for like some of the cards that we found to not be the ones that the two of us found, but that we get from the assistant as all of us are kind of working this case together under the radar and away from any sort of official investigation. Perfect. Perfect, perfect. Okay, cool. So with that, I'll immediately jump in and say that the assistant and, and the criminal, come, they come to us um, and say, hey, look, the assistant's been shadowing the uh, the engineer, the relative. And um, they, they shadowed them up to a point where they couldn't follow them any longer because the relative disappeared into the ventilation shafts. Mm. And, um, and the station has all of these little like half floors and ventilation shafts in between the different floors to, that are mostly used by um, robots to, to carry things around. Although some people, some, some engineers have access to it too. And it turns out that the engineer relative had uh, like full all access, which made it so that they could easily pop into um, to pretty much wherever the, the scientist happened to be. And, you know, tying that back into their into the other cards in play, like that type of thing, both robots flying through the shafts to 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 do repairs as well as like employees going in and out is exactly the kind of thing that Vacation Station has announced that the invisibility tech is there for to make sure that nobody sees that sort of thing. So it it maps out perfectly to like why they like why why they would have that access and like why nobody would have reported it previously. I like that. Totally. Juice, there's some there's some there's some there's some juice there. All right, let me look at my cards and see what I got. Okay, okay, okay. Something's cooking here. I'm gonna put a card, a motive card. I'm going to put a motive card onto our mercenary employee. Um, I'm putting the motive of justice onto our mercenary employee. I think as we are digging through records, we find that like our mercenary employee who had been like, t- you know, taking things on, been taking paydays on the sly. We find that they had like reported things to their higher ups. And that, and that, like, there was an issue, there was an issue with, like, some of the, some of the, the, some of the plant life, like, there was an issue with. Something had gone wrong with the plant life. And this employee had, uh, had announced it, or had, like, revealed it and reported it. And, like... So there's two there's two possibilities, and I want to throw it to you, Randy, to see which one you think is juicier. Is it that is it that there is something wrong with the plants, or that there is something lucrative with the plants that money can be made off of? Because I think either way, they reported it and it was buried. So this motive of justice is them feeling like they 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 raised that they raised something and it went and it was it was buried. Ooh. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I like this a lot. I think um, maybe it's that. What they realized was that um, something about these plants, like a a part of the plant, uh, could very easy has been engineered to be very easily refined to um, some type of hyper addictive drug, mm. and um, and that 
it could be that like they were it was engineered this way so that it could be grown sort of everywhere without anybody sort of it looks very innocuous but effectively providing a free source for uh some drug distribution network and mm. um and when they shared this out it was immediately clamped down and they were like they were just like, yep, yeah, we will look into this. Please do not, you know, do any other investigation on your own. We don't want to incur any extra corporate liability. And so, so unclear how much, like, was was the corporation that's running Vacation Station complicit in this, or do they just not want to be exposed to the liability? It's yeah. unclear. But yeah, totally. I like that. I really like that. That's great. All right, cool. Um, so uh, our, our final uh, evidence for this round is going to be on the botanist mentor. And I'm going to say that... Uh, we so we've been we've been following um you know them via the sort of the cameras and by keeping and you know t- talking to some of, of their friends and colleagues and they've been acting a bit dodgy over the past couple months and as we continue to dig into it we discover that they've accrued just massive debts and um i think what we discover here is that they were working on some very uh, unorthodox gene splicing into plants and uh, their funding had been turned down through their normal like legal channels, which is probably some combination of the company that runs the station with maybe some you know grants. And uh, and so they turned they were they were so fervently believing about this gene slicing that they turned to a, a criminal organization uh, that that financed it at extremely high interest rates. Mm-hmm. And um, and they have they have as of yet been unable to. Uh, to make the breakthrough that they wanted and pay back these debts. And it seems that, you know, they've been, they've been sort of getting threatened by this criminal organization of like, Hey, you better find that money somewhere. Um, and so that, that had all been in the time leading up to the murder. So, so they, they had a lot of outside pressure on them. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, as we're getting down to the last sets of cards, if you don't happen to have good cards that match or you're just not inspired, feel free to grab some extra evidence cards. All right. Um, so that is our pass through the third round of it, and we have now uh, we now have a chance to eliminate another suspect. So I'm going to flip another one of the, the chips, and three. It is not the botanist mentor. Ooh, okay. Um, how how or why do we uh, dis- discover exonerating evidence? Hmm. So I'm looking at the two people that we have left, and I'm trying to think, like. Whether I'm trying to think if there's if there's either a way that we can clear the botanist mentor or if there is something that we can apply to the two of our remaining suspects that doesn't fit the botanist mentor. Ooh, thinking this through. I think I okay. I actually think I think I think this is where our assistant comes into play. I think this is where our assistant comes into play in a big way because our botanist mentor has debts. And I think the piece of the, the info that we are able to gather as we talk with our, with our part, with our, with the criminal's assistant is that at the time of the murder and the person that they owed debts to was the criminal romantic partner. Ooh, excellent. And like, and so like, they're able to like, and so like they are ultimately able to give. And as we kind of start to gather this evidence, we have this meeting with the assistant. We lay out all of these facts and we start to point towards, you know, they had this fight there were, there were, there were grants that were denied. All of these things are lining up and the assistant goes like, no, we were, no, we were meeting with them last week. Like we, at the time of the murder, we were with them. Like, ah, yeah. It's like we we were meeting with them because we were dunking their head. We were dunking their head in a toilet to make sure that they got us their money. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so easy to strike. You know, once yeah. they, they, they check the, the calendar and the timing, makes total sense. Okay, so we're on to our final round. Mm-hmm. Um, so each uh, each suspect is going to get one final uh, uh, bit of evidence that fills up the row, and then we'll we'll figure out who the uh, the actual culprit was. Um, all right, so let's let me just take a look. I'm going to draw a couple more because I don't have quite enough uh, that match. Yeah, I'm going to do the same. Oh, oh, I drew the entire deck. <laughs> all right, I think I have one. All right, go for it. So I think we're able to put together a story. Like, I think that we follow this mercenary employee and we're able to put together a story. We, we, we reconstruct the narrative. There's a missing gap that we're able to, like, put a put a, 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 a tack into. Um, which is, like, they they find out that there is this this scheme to engineer this, like, these drugs. And there's that, and then there's a gap between when they're, between when they're, they get a sudden blast of, of secret income in their bank account. And I think that what we're able to, to determine, and like, I think we look through their, like their, um, I don't even know what you would like, uh, like, like shipping records, like their, their, their logistical records. And we find that there are like unmarked shipments or like thing like boxes of unmarked materials that they arrived in, which indicates that this employee figured out this scheme. Their attempt to like shut it down was rejected by the, by the corporation running vacation station in such a way that they said, oh, they're in on this. And they made the decision, being a mercenary, to say, well, if they're in on this, I'm going to get mine. <laughs> and so they happen to have a large degree of, like, of synth drugs, of this, of this, of this poisonous, uh, derived hyper drug that they could probably, and, like, we, we would have to get an autopsy report to confirm this since the next, uh, card is going to determine our guilt our guilty party we would have to get an autopsy file to prove that the that the 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 blunt force trauma did not kill our our scientist and that it was a red herring but it's possible that they just loaded this person with a bunch of drugs like overdosed them and then and then dumped the body making it look like there was an accident right right it could be it could be that the trauma was inflicted after death yeah totally makes sense Okay, great. I, I, mean, I think we have a really strong case against the mercenary, but but maybe we will against the engineer too. Yeah. So um, the the final uh, bit of evidence for this play is um, a secret for the uh, the engineer relative, and um, I think we discover that they were having an affair with the professor rival, who we had mm. completely written out of this investigation very early on. That uh, you know, as as we're now you know keeping pretty close tabs on the engineer relative, which is hard to do given that they occasionally don this invisibility tech. We um, were able to, to catch uh, some footage of them leaving the professor's uh, uh, housing. And, um, and na- now, you know, tying the two of them together is just, you know, extra interesting, given we know the animosity between the, the professor yeah. and the scientist. And, and now we, and, you know, we have the jealousy motive of the engineer that, like, this is, this is especially, especially suspect. Yeah. So, all right. With, with that, we now have a full... Uh, evidence board, and it is time to figure out first who is innocent, and then who is guilty, and then we gotta we gotta figure out the the why and the how uh, of that. 
So let me flip over one more innocence one first. So it is uh, going to be the mercenary. It is not the mercenary, um, which means, of course, that it is the engineer who is the mm-hmm. guilty party. So uh, we can either, you know, it could be that the same thing, the same instance, the same evidence, whatever indicates that, oh, it wasn't the mercenary, it was the engineer, or it could be two separate things. Do you have anything that immediately jumps out to you as to, to what is it that tips it off? Um, I think that what we find that tips us off that the mercenary is innocent is there is still one piece of there's still one big question mark there is still one big question mark that 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 it, it that ties into the mercenary story and i think once we look at that question mark it starts to point us towards the engineer being guilty if i may if i may yeah. take the take the wheel here because i've got I, I think uh some 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 strings are tying together i'd love to hear it the big question mark is, you know, the mercenary finds out this, finds this drug trade is happening. They get it shot down and they're like, oh, it's actually a corrupt institution. They say, all right, well, then I'm going to get in on it. They get their hands on, on this, on this plant. They get their hands on a large portion of it. And then they get a massive spike to their income. The missing piece of that puzzle is how they get their hands on a wide, on a, on a, on a, a tradable massive amount of this of this synth drug. And I think that what we're able to piece together is that the scientist was in on it. Ah. Uh, they yeah. had worked to get like the scientist was like working with them to they 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 were they probably helped engineer this plant, right? And they were like, "All totally. right. If that's if that's what's going to happen, then we're then we're going to get a huge illicit bump to our pay and we're going to bounce out of there together." makes total sense. And, and I think that also confirms some of the, the tension that we observed of like, okay, they're now suddenly getting this huge hit of income. Why jeopardize that with a murder? Yeah. Like it feels like just let keep the things run smoothly. So, so I think this makes a ton of sense and it lets us sort of comfortably eliminate the, the mercenary as a suspect. I have a, I have an idea now for, for what points us directly to the engineer other than yeah. process of elimination. So I think we, there, there's, there's a lot that bugged us sort of about the, the crime scene, about the, the like not so great, um, camera angles and, and and footage on it. But I think what we've done is if, with some of our other sort of uh, scientist and engineer colleagues, we've been running some enhancement algorithms on the footage we do have. And it's very clear that that in some of the footage we have of the scientist, the scientist's body lying in that atrium in the water feature, um, something that we had missed the first dozen times we had, we had sort of watched the clips is that there's very clear splashes of footsteps in the water feature, mm. but but no person. Yeah. And and while the uh, the invisibility tech is quite good at optically masking the person, it's it can't do anything about ripples in water. And uh, and so this goes this points us to like oh somebody was clearly wearing the invisibility tech. We look at the logs and bec- you know this this the murder happened before the announcement and you know up until the announcement this tech was extremely tightly controlled. And it's really clear that only the engineer relative could have had access. I, and I think that the other thing I want to throw out, I, I think that like as we're looking at this, something else clicks that ties together two things that like really makes all of this make sense. The day that they got, the day that the, the mercenary employee gets this illicit bump in their income, the day that they get this massive payout, would have been two days before like would have been probably like a matter of we had said that we ran into the announcement of the invisibility tech like while like early on almost immediately after we start looking into the investigation 
which means that like the murder was like a day it was like that day or the day before was like immediately before this which means that the scientist and this mercenary employee were set to get a life-changing payout and bounce off of the station and live out a life of luxury the day that their relative was going to go public with the thing that was finally going to give them one up over their relative. Yes. Like they, totally. like it was finally going to be the relative, the, the, the engineer's time to shine. And by virtue of stumbling into this black market plot, they just happened to once again, pull one over on it because surprise, I never need to work again. <laughs> so it just was the line too far of you're not taking this from me this time. Perfect. I think I think this this neatly ties it all up. So that that leaves us to do a couple things. One, how do we confront the culprit and accuse them of their crime? Oh, that's a good question. Keeping in mind that we have this ally of the the criminal romantic partner who was heavily investigated invested in figuring this out. I hmm, that is such a good question. Okay, I, I have a start, but I'm not sure me, where it goes. Hit me, hit me, So I think that, you know, the first thing that we do, not, not you know, as, as sort of scientists who are not involved in the criminal underworld, I think we, we immediately start going through proper channels, which is mm-hmm. the, you know, corporate reporting and, like, security force. And it becomes very clear that th- this is immediately going to get hushed up because there's so much of the illegal drugs and other stuff wrapped up in all this that this is going to look, this is going to be a PR nightmare. Not to mention that the person they just had on stage revealing the invisibility tech is at the center of this. So there's, like... They're like, oh, yes, we, we take these complaints extremely seriously. Um, we're going to have a very thorough process to, to match your investigation. And then and then we'll you know eventually get to a point where we can take act. Like they just keep sort of rambling on um, with a bunch of platitudes and word salad. And it's, it becomes very clear to us that no justice will be served um, if we leave things up to the corporation. I love that. I think then the the way that we deal with this illicitly is we work with we work with the criminal we work with the romantic partner we work with the criminal we work with their assistant their assistant because they were seen during that big reveal like they 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 have access codes they have ways of getting in throughout the building throughout throughout the station i think that they they confront them in their office they confront the engineer in their office with the idea that they are going, that they are like setting it up, they kind of present them with the evidence as though it were like a little bit of a of a blackmail. Ooh. Oh, and or, when we on, get those out, sorry, I'll throw out a, a slightly different twist on that. Instead of presenting it as blackmail, saying as like a, we saw what you did. We want access to that for our own criminal purposes, but you're going to give it to us at a discount. Oh yeah, that's great. We have leverage. Yeah, that's great. And then when they when they agree to it, we when they present them the evidence. They're like, "Hey, we we want to work with you. We want to give you an opportunity to, we want to give you an opportunity to to work with us to make some money. You know, this is your this is you know, there's no reason that your only source of profit should come from the should come from the corporation. Take your destiny into your own hands. When they finally agree to it and acknowledge, like, yes, I did this, and I'm willing to work with you. That's when you and I switch off our invisibility tech. <laughs> yes. And reveal that we've been in the room the whole time. Perfect. And we've been in the room the whole time and live streaming to yeah. to the whole station. Yeah. I think that is perfect. And so I think when when confronted um when, you know, when it's clear that we're there, I think what how do they react? They they make a run for it at that point or or they resign to a sense of how the how the, the engineer is going to going to deal with this confrontation? 
I think it's peak. I think it's peak. I, I, I had said it at the very top of our the very top of our episode, and I think it's peak. It's peak Columbo villain of like you just put up the hands and say i've i've been beaten right like you got me you got me it's just that it's that acknowledgement of like of like i i this was my downfall like i have i thought i had everything covered and i've been out i've been outplayed perfect i think i think that that totally hits it but i think there's also a little bit of like a smirk to them and be like Guess I'm going to have to go through the system. Yep. Uh, you know, wonder how that'll turn out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, no, I'm getting put through the... I know I'm going to be subjected to the system. I, the star engineer that just single-handedly transformed <laughs> how the station... Oh, no, woe is me. And I think we, you know, so so once they're 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 taken away, because I think as soon as this live stream went out, we had some security forces or or whatever sh- sort of show up to the, you know, wait, waiting outside to take them away into, into whatever detention. Um while while the the system does its thing, so I think afterwards we we're sort of talking about you know the the, the two of us as investigators and the the criminal and the assistant we're sort of talking about how it'd be you know it, it'd be a real bummer if they end up getting off just you know because the system is so biased mm-hmm. and I think the the criminal I'm not sure exactly what they say but they sort of allude to the fact like we're gonna let the system do its thing and if it fails to bring forward justice well we in the criminal underworld have our own way of bringing justice about and it doesn't feel it doesn't you know it's it's. It shouldn't feel it shouldn't feel as comforting as it does to hear that is my closing is my closing note. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think earlier, I think there's probably a scene earlier where we like the criminal didn't even want to get this confession. They just wanted to immediately yeah. know, throw, throw the engineer out of an airlock and we talked them down from that. And yeah. Yeah. Now we're just kind of like, uh, I mean, <laughs> awesome. Well, that is uh, that is working the case. Um, thank you amazing. so much for playing. This was with so me. much fun. This ruled. Uh, Thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, it's been it's been really fun for me to uh, just iterate on this and like keep porting it to different settings. Maybe sometime in the future, we'll get you to make a, a superhero playset for it. I I was thinking that the entire time. I was like, let me let me at this, and I will I will draft this in a day. Yes. Okay. Cool. Well, I I think um, next steps for me on this is gonna one of the next steps is gonna be making it story synthable mm-hmm. to make it really easy for folks to just whip up their own playsets. And once I do that, I'll send it your way. I love it. Oh, my God. This was so much fun. Randy, thank you so much for coming on the show and playing this with me. This kicked ass. Uh, well, uh, thanks for bringing all of the uh, the creativity and brilliance I expect from you. This was a treat for me and um, and I hope a treat for the listeners, too. Uh, so real quick before we wrap up, where can people find you and your work online? Uh, so you can find me online in a number of places, but you can find my games at diegeticgames.com or randylubin.itch.io. Uh, I'm also on Twitter at Randy Lubin. Uh, you can find StorySynth at StorySynth.org. Uh, and I just launched a, a new Discord community for people who are making games to explore the future, uh, serious applications of games. And uh, you can find details of that at Foresight.games, F-O-R-E-S-I-G-H-T.games. Uh, and uh, reach out if you're curious about any and all of that. And, uh, and of course, look for more information on Working the Case and the, the broader framework, open source framework behind it, uh, which will hopefully be announced later this year. Love it. Well, Randy, thank you so much for coming on to the show. That was amazing. This was a great game. And for now, I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Take it, future me. Thanks, past me. And thanks again to Randy for coming on to the show. That game was, I'm blown away at how cool that game was and how tight, like, that play experience was. Like, we did so much cool stuff in such a limited time that, like, I'm just blown away by how much fun I had. Be sure to head to diegeticgames.com slash workingthecase to download your own copy of the Draft Rules Playable via PlayingCards.io 
for working the case. And be sure to follow Randy on Twitter at Randy Lubin. Then while you're on Twitter, follow us at Party of One Pod. Like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash Party of One Podcast. Join our Discord community to talk about the episode at bit.ly slash Party of One Discord. And if you enjoyed the show, consider leaving us a nice iTunes review, a Podchaser or Spotify review, a Podbean review. They all have reviews. Leave us a review somewhere. Uh, You can also give us some love on social media. You can tell a friend about the show. Any of these things do uh, great, and they make me happy, and they help the show do bigger, better, and cooler things. You can also support the show financially at patreon.com slash jeffstormer, ko-fi.com slash jeffstormer, or go to bit.ly slash partyofonemerch and pick up a t-shirt, a mug, or a sticker, or all kinds of whatever stuff they have. Then once you've done all of that, uh, why don't you check out the other podcast that I produce, All My Fantasy Children. It is a character creation, uh, storytelling, and world-building podcast where every week my best friend and I, Aaron Catano Saez, we take a listener-submitted prompt, we spin it into an original fantasy character, and populate a shared universe one story at a time. The show is part of the One Shot Podcast Network, and new episodes can be found weekly-ish at oneshotpodcast.com. Party of One is produced and edited by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Mega Rain featuring the D&D Sluggers, and the Party of One logo is by Evan Rowland. If you'd like to inquire about advertising rates, press coverage, or about guesting on the show, you can email me at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. And that's it. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the force every single day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and defiant acts of resistance. And as always, party on, everybody. <laughs>